Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fundamentals Podcast. I'm your host, Harley. Joining me today to talk about the joys of singing is vocal coach, Chris Lipe. Chris has had quite a rise on YouTube, offering various lessons, tips and tricks on his channel, helping people to unlock their potential with their singing voice. Whether you're somebody who just enjoys a good sing-along in the car, or whether you're a budding young musician, Chris has something he can offer to everyone. And in this conversation, we talk about his own personal journey, the things he's learned along the way, the joys of exploring your voice, and so much more. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation. This is Singing with Chris Lee. So hello, Chris, and welcome to the Fundamentals podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. The pleasure is all mine, Chris. Uh, so yeah, today you've come on to talk to us about something that you're becoming quite famous for, really, in the YouTube community, and that is singing. Now, I think it's something that all of us relate to in one form or another, where we're people who you know, are professionally training and want to become musicians and singers in a band. Or whether we just love a good song, we love singing in the car. I think it's something sure. that all of us approach in one form or another. So I'd love to know from your personal perspective, like when did your journey into singing begin? What kind of sparked your interest in it? Wow. Well, I had been singing, you know, really since probably six or seven years old. My mom taught a choir at uh, a local church. And, you know, of course, if mom's teaching the choir, then the kids have to be, kids have to be there too. And so, you know, we, that was my first experience with singing. And then I, I took piano lessons later on, uh, you know, when I was eight, nine years old and sang along with the piano. But, you know, as a boy, and it's interesting sort of reliving my childhood through my kids in, in certain ways, because my kids are now about that age um seeing what how they tinker with their voices and tinker with music you know my my younger son uh at the time of this recording is 8 and i have an older son who's 10 and the 8 year old has completely embraced drumming um and he's been doing it since he was 2 years old wow. and he's he's really really good i mean he can play along with anything uh and and it's really fun to see that passion uh, for something that he was innately good at be be continued uh, you know really his whole life so far and yeah. same with my older kid you know seeing he's gotten into singing and piano but also really into coding and uh, seeing them sort of catch fire with interests um, and and get passionate about stuff this early you know, I have to admit, when I was their age, when I was six, eight, ten, uh, I wasn't passionate about anything. I did stuff. You know, I sang, I played piano, and and uh, played with friends and stuff like that. But I didn't really have anything at that age that was, you know, I I couldn't put it down. I I I had to, you know, skip meals or whatever to keep going with it. And I mean, that didn't happen to me until till later. Um, 
when I, I started getting into to rock music. And I remember the first album that I got into uh, was on, on CD. That was Collective Souls, Hints and Allegations, and Things Left Unsaid. Uh, and it didn't have, didn't have great vocal. I mean, Ed Rollins is a good vocalist. But it wasn't. It wasn't. It didn't spark my singing at that point. It sparked my guitar playing. Uh, when I heard the a guitar solo off of the opening track on that album, um, I said, "I have to play the guitar." I was about fifteen, and having had a musical background, um, I I I got into guitar and and picked guitar up really really quickly, and I started teaching guitar the same year I picked up guitar. Wow. Um, and. And that right there really sparked my passion for teaching. Um, I, I fully admitted that, you know, I was on the journey like everybody else. I, I wasn't, you know, of course, back then online, I did, that was the first or furthest thing from my mind was to teach guitar online. But um, I, I, you know, got students from, you know, I put ads up in the music stores and, and had, you know, 20, 30 students my first year and. And really became excited about the guitar and about teaching. And I, en I was able to end up quitting the other little side job I had working at Best Buy okay. <laughs> to, uh, because I was teaching guitar. And then, you know, getting in a band and playing guitar there and, uh, you know, with a bunch of other teenagers. But my, my musical life really changed when I discovered Soundgarden's Super Unknown album. That's a good and album to start with, yeah. Yep, yep. I mean, it, when I heard uh, Chris Cornell singing on that album and the, the variety and, and pain and passion and intensity and, and coddling and all the things in that voice... Um, my, my life changed. Uh, that was when I decided I wanted to sing and I'd had experience singing before that, but th that was it. And what was interesting is I didn't know how to go about singing anywhere close to what Cornell does. And, and for the longest time, it was a very, it was a mystifying thing. And I, I would blow out my voice even as a teenager trying to figure out, like, how is he hitting those high notes? Uh, how does he have that, that aggression and that, that girth when, you know, and, and I, I kind of wrote it off to, oh, I'm just too, I'm too young. I can't, I can't do that yet. But then, of course, later I would realize that some of the things that I was listening to when you go back in Soundgarden's back catalog I wasn't much younger than than young Cornell when he did his his first stuff off of Screaming Life and and stuff like that. So uh, I didn't have that excuse for long. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my 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 explorational journey really started with with Super Unknown, with playing guitar in my late teens, and. I decided at that point that I was going to do music for a career. And, right. you know, my dad was super supportive of, you know, he, he's a engineer, had a long career in uh, technology. And, and so for him to be like, Oh, you're, you're going to do music. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> and really be supportive and throw his weight behind that. Uh, number one, 
has been a huge example for me and my kids and what I've done to try to help them, you know, oh, you're passionate about drumming, you're passionate about coding, here, you know, take all, take all this stuff. <laughs> and so I, I decided to pursue music. I kept teaching guitar lessons. Uh, I ended up working on an EP of my own material. I, I started uh, college. And at the, at the start, I was just going to community college, but I was in my parents' basement, you know, learning Pro Tools and experimenting with my voice and listening to Soundgarden albums. And, and then I went to college for actual music, uh, music industry studies with an emphasis in vocal performance. Okay. And just kept following the dream and realized partway through when I would do recitals and stuff like that, uh, first of all, I, I, w- I would do recitals and I was singing differently than anybody else in, in, the, in the group of, of vocalists and singer-songwriters. Everybody else was very – they were pursuing what the, the teachers at the college were doing and they were being very – uh, and I, I'm, I'm holding up quote fingers. They were being yeah. very, you know, uh, traditional and and proper with what they were doing. And I remember taking um, a uh, one of the a CD of Soundgarden to my my vocal coach in college and playing her the day I tried to live and and uh, asking her, what is he doing? Tell me <laughs> what he's doing so I can figure it out. And then at the same time, I, I was commuting back and forth, and I had a uh, an old truck that when you opened the door, it had a – it created this B tone, you know, like, boop. Let's see how close I was. Oh. <laughs> la, la. There it is. Uh, so it, it created this, this B tone when you open – when you open the door. And right. I was always trying to get to that B four tone, and and just couldn't I couldn't do it right. Like I would I'd mess up my voice. And so anyway, I was I was frustrated when I went to my vocal coach, and I said, "What what is Chris Cornell doing?" And for all of her doctor degree, you know, she's a fantastic vocal coach and fantastic person, but with all the education she had and all the all the training and all the the teaching experience, she could not explain it to me. Right. She she was was saying, you know, uh, this. You know, he's got a higher voice than you. Well, he, he doesn't have a higher voice than me. I have a higher – he he's a baritone. Mm. Um, and, you know, he, she she was trying to explain it in ways that were, you know, it's good to listen to this person, but you're never going to be able to sing like this because you don't have his voice. And I, I really didn't accept that. Mm. Um, it actually – her – her uh, perspective on it actually made me want to sort of reject her perspective and go further. And it, it wasn't until I got a, uh, a it was a CD of Black Hole Sun, and then on the other side of it was a live performance of Cornell singing Beyond the Wheel and Jesus Christ Pose. And I, that was my first exposure to him uh, singing live. Realizing how very different his textures were, and I, I began to compare what I knew of his studio performances with his live performances, and then I stumbled upon some commentary online about a guy saying he'd attended a Soundgarden live concert and said that Chris Cornell sounded like a dying cat when singing live, <laughs> and and so I was, 
I was like, well, you know, I don't really think he sounds like a dying cat on this EP that I have of him. Uh, but it is way different. And, man, if I could even sound like a dying cat, I would be happy. And so I started making, I started imitating, making these sounds that were not of a, a traditional, you know, what we'd think about as our, our chest voice or our head voice. And something clicked for me there uh, in, in those sounds. And so there were various, there were various stages of, of excitement for singing, right? Um, this was a huge one for me. And I was living in a dorm room at the time and practicing vocal performance and, and recording and, and stuff like that. And so I just went, when I discovered this, I went to all the, the people in the dorm because I didn't even have my own bathroom. It was like a community bathroom thing. I okay. said, guys, uh, I am a vocal performance guy and I'm going to be making a lot of stupid noises from now on. I'm going to be doing recordings. <laughs> and I made a few friends. It was really cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I ended up just experimenting and, and doing all sorts of things with my voice and recording my experiments and having victories and failures and realizing there's, there's some major growth going on here mm. then uh college was was coming to an end uh i attended that school for two years and i needed a job and i applied all over the place i ended up getting uh amazingly a staff position at a recording studio out in indiana united states um many listeners probably have heard of the company sweetwater sound you can order music technology gear from them and they have a recording studio division and i was an engineer and i was hired to come on and write jingles i'd never written a jingle in my life <laughs> but i was interested in this position and the the transitions staff transitions and stuff that were going on was was right for them to be open to someone who was musically driven and and had some experience but hadn't necessarily written a jingle and so i wrote some fake jingles for my for my demo reel and i told them they were fake i said but here i can write i can sing i can play all the instruments and uh they and they they hired me and so i i moved to indiana and not only did i get to write jingles but i got to participate on album projects i got to sing for other people's album projects i got to sing on a bunch of jingles and the experience of singing became singing and playing guitar uh, and, and writing and arranging music became my thing. And it, it wasn't just a, uh, hey, you know, write original music or whatever and be your own thing. In fact, it was really the opposite of that. It was more, uh, you, need to, you need to come up with sounds and vibes that sound like, you know, really anybody because we're using these little mini jingles, these little songs to sell stuff you know, uh, cell phone companies or car dealerships or restaurants or doctor's offices or whatever, you know, whoever wanted to advertise on, on the radio or, you know, audio advertising. And so I was charged with becoming and understanding what makes other musicians tick. Uh, right. and, and particularly, you know, I think guitar and arranging, but, but also vocally. Uh, and, and then, the other thing that I got to do a ton in that job was coach other performers, other studio musicians, other people in the recording studio, particularly singers, on how to get great performances. And that, that was stuff I was doing every day. So the seeds were, were 
planted in the four years that I was at that recording studio, absolutely for what I'm doing now. Um, I ended up uh, moving back to Colorado, which is where I live now with my wife four years later after getting that job because we wanted to start a family and be closer to our, our other family so that the kids could grow up around their grandparents, stuff like that. And I uh, got hooked up with a company called jamplay.com. They teach online guitar lessons. And I had never taught online lessons. I'd never been in front of a camera. Uh, but through some mutual friends, when I moved back, uh, these guys encouraged me to just get in contact with them and, you know, hey, you're a studio guy, you're a guitar player, you know, maybe you could do something with them. So I put the feeler out there and they're like, yes, absolutely, let's do it. And they were another, they just gave me a chance. I hadn't, I hadn't ever done anything like that before, but it was just like the fake jingles. The timing was right and I was willing to sort of go out there and be, okay, you know, I'll, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn how to be better in front of a camera and not be, you know, awkward and, and deliver well and try to get my thoughts out. And, you know, it took a little bit, but I became one of their main guitar teachers. And then I eventually started working with the company to become their content director, where I would actually help other guitar players create courses for the platform. And so I got to work with some really great guitar players, you know, famous guys, uh, Phil Keggy and Brent Mason and Ron Bumblefoot Thal and guys from Pantera and uh, Godsmack and Steve Vai's band. Uh, it was <laughs> real. Yeah. And it's a small company, really small company in, in Colorado here. And I, I, I taught guitar form for, for many years and kept continued to write jingles freelance, continued to write songs, continued to do stuff for radio and realized that I wasn't using my voice. And I mean, I was singing and stuff like that, but this passion for teaching and guitar was, was great. But I started to get this itch of like, well, you know, gosh, if, if, if this company, if Jamplay can do this with guitar, I think, and I, you know, I think I could do this with voice. And you know, sure, there, there are other vocal coaches and there are other platforms um, that are out there. Uh, but I felt like I had something unique to offer vocally, which is this experiential approach to singing. It's not about, oh, I want to sing better. Let's do exercises. Let's, um, let's develop a practice routine. I mean, I think exercises and practice routines for vocals are, are cool. But when I when I really research any singer that I've that's inspired me, they haven't really done that. They have done what I've done. They've uh, and and to a greater extent in many cases, uh, experiment, listen to your voice, feel your voice, and uh, I I thought you know I'm just gonna go for this. I'm gonna start I'm gonna start teaching people on YouTube. I'm just gonna share my experience essentially here's how i discovered how to get grit in my voice and here's how i discovered how to sing like some of my favorite singers and there was interest there and there was uh it, it was interesting because the the youtube channel was just kind of flat for quite a while um not quite a while really only about six months but as soon as i started putting out the the vocal 
uh, inspirational vocal lessons on YouTube, uh, the the algorithm decided to pick up what I was doing, and and I'd already created the course, and a, a guitar player friend of mine who had done online independent online teaching. Uh, he helped me with all the, you know, connecting all the dots online and all that stuff to make sure that I had a course that was ready so that if YouTube started to take off, that people would have a place to go. And, and I'd be able to, you know, okay, uh, you know, yeah, if you like what I'm doing on YouTube, click the link, join my free course, and you'll have an opportunity to, to work deeper with me in a, in a, a big course. And so throughout this whole journey, of course, you know, I, I, I was talking about my kids earlier, seeing their, their passions, even at a young age, wanting to fuel those passions, having a long history of teaching other people in, in the area of guitar and coaching people in the studio, and now building into my kids, and, and then doing, you know, starting this vocal thing. I mean, I, I love to sing, and I absolutely love to teach. I love to see people and hear people uh, discover and then take what they've discovered and go, I'm going to make this. I'm going to create with what I've discovered. So that long-winded answer to how I got started. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I love it because that's, that's such a great history. And um, just for the audience listening, a bit of context, I reason I reached out to you is because I'm actually doing one of your courses and I stumbled across your YouTube videos pretty much the way you said. You know, it's one of those inspired, but I can't remember which singer it was now. Um, people who've listened to the show know that uh, I managed to sneak in almost every episode, no matter what the topic is. I love music <laughs> and I love I love yeah. sort of rock and metal and I've loved the guitar since I was like 12 years old. So I'm sure it was like a James Hetfield or a Corey Taylor type thing that you did. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh, how do they do that? Because what sure. you said earlier is so true. I think that's the experience of most of us going to gigs or talking to people is they go, well, that's just them. That's just how they do it. And mm -hmm. You know, and, and people kind of just shrug their shoulders and say, well, you know, that they, they just got a gift or you, you, you know, you're not going to be able to do it. So don't even try. Yeah, I could but never you, do that. Yeah. No, but exactly. And there you were yeah. in a video going, actually, here's the techniques mm -hmm. and here's how they work. And yes, you're not going to sound exactly like Hetfield or Taylor, for example, because, well, they're one of a kind. Right. The same way that if you pick up a guitar and you do, like you mentioned one of my favorites a minute ago, Steve Vai, you can sit and do all the Steve Vai exercises you want. You're never going to sound like him because no. there's only one, but that's right. okay. You can, you can still yeah. learn. Yeah. And to what you just said a second ago, you can still take it in your own direction and apply right. it musically. And I, and I love all of that. And um, I can relate quite heavily to those moments. I think anyone who deeply falls in love with music, who learns an instrument, learns to sing, they have that one album that they hear right. and they go, yes, I want to do that. Um, and I mean, Chris Cornell what an absolute amazing place to start i think you know one of the most totally. unique voices uh that we've ever heard it's such a funny thing for me because when i approach this like i said i've been playing guitar for over a decade uh -huh. and, I, and what you said earlier about you approach different styles with the guitar you know so if you want to learn metal you want to learn country blues whatever you that you learn the techniques mm -hmm. and you learn how to sound like it but when it comes to singing it can feel like a really daunting place to begin because as you say, most people, when you in, when they're there in the interviews, they don't give you the techniques. They don't say, Oh yes, I practiced this scale every day and now I no. can do this. They just, no, went, yeah, they I don't, don't exist. 
exactly yeah. they just they just say i don't know i just right. yelled one day into a microphone and this happened right, right. <laughs> so it was nice to stumble across your course of, of you as somebody who went now nah, i want to that's not good enough i want to know how how did you do that um so I'm, I'm curious when it comes to something like being in a dorm being surrounded by people and you there you are in a in your room making all the weird wonderful noises trying to suss this out am i right in thinking that you have to kind of throw away your ego a little bit and oh, just man. think i'm i'm this is going to sound weird and dumb but i just i have to get out of my own head here and just go nuts with it well anybody who's watched my youtube channel can attest to this uh the only way that you're going to discover anything about your voice is by willing to be a complete idiot. And, <laughs> and, and yes, you have to throw out your ego. I think it's you have to be able to throw out all the, the preconceptions of how you think you should sound in order to discover and, and feel out the possibilities of how you can sound, right? There's, there's a huge... You know, I should sound like this, or I want to make sure I'm hitting that note well, or I want to be able to cover this song. Those are all fine, but they are limiting. You are, you are holding yourself to a standard, likely, before you have really given your voice a chance and given your body a chance to really break out of any sort of shell and figure out what you can actually actually do. You, everybody ha puts their voice, every single person puts their voice in a box and, and has these, you know, oh, I've never been able to sing high or I can't do that. Or, you know, Corey Taylor just has a thick neck and so that's why he can scream. Well, that's true. <laughs> he does have a thick neck and his screams are going to be beefier because he has, you know, of his, of his anatomy. But, but that shouldn't, you know, that that guy has bigger feet, and that's why he can jump higher. I mean, <laughs> there's there's yeah. so much more. I mean, there, there is truth to some of those statements, right? Yeah. Which is why they're easy to buy into. But, you know, like, I'm never going to be uh, a, a great basketball player because I'm not built that way. Uh, I'm never going to be a, a fantastic football player because I'm not built that way. And, and But I'm also not going to be a great basketball player or a great football player because I've never practiced or done anything in, in a way that has allowed me to even experience remotely the kind of life that one of those professional sports players has, has experienced. So with the voice especially – I don't have anything in my voice that you don't have in your voice that you, you know, it's like, it's the same basic anatomy. Sure. There are weird things where, you know, people are born with, with, uh, issues or, or whatever, or they've done something to their voice, gotten in an, some sort of accident. And, and those are realities too. But for the most part, if you're willing to experiment and throw your ego out the window, especially, I mean, that, that time in the dorm was huge for me because I just had to make the public announcement. Hey, you know, guys, it's going to sound dumb. It's going to sound really weird. And that has carried all the way over into my courses. It's carried all the way and into YouTube. And it's honestly been the single greatest tool 
that has ever helped me discover anything about my voice. If I wasn't willing to sound like a dying cat, I would have never <laughs> understood how to access a powerful mixed voice. If yeah. I was if I was afraid of how it sounded when my voice cracks, I would have never understood how to uh, sing aggressively and scream. Uh, and I I want to help people understand that it, it it's it's not easy, but it's simple, and it requires a a mindset tweak. And once you have that mindset tweak. And you're shown the right ways to experiment and experience your voice. Anybody can do it. The best vocalists out there have similar stories. Cornell is one of them. You know, if you if you go back and you you uh, watch or listen to interviews, he will tell you that you know the best thing that you can do is just get in a room and see what your voice can do. Yeah, that's so true. I remember, um, actually, I got to meet um, one of my absolute favorite musicians, uh, Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm. Mm. Amazing voice, incredible range. Anyone just go and look up a Hailstorm song and you'll see what I mean. Yeah. But um, it was, we just me and my friends were at a gig and they were kind enough to come out and sign autographs, say hello. And she was, and one of uh, our friends was asking her about her voice and saying, you know, like, how did you discover this crazy range that you have and all this? And that's basically what she said. She said, right. yeah, I had a friend that had like a, a warehouse or like this room. And I just went in and just played with it and just yeah. sort of see where it went and see what what right. I could do. Um, and it was just from that experimenting and that, like you say, just throwing it out the window and thinking, OK, this is going to sound odd, but who cares? I've just I've got to play right. until I figure out what it is. And that's yeah, that's so true. You're right. I think all of us hold ourselves to a standard and singing is one of those odd things i don't know if it's because it's it feels more accessible if that makes sense because like you can mm -hmm. pick up a guitar or the drums for the first time and i think a part of you can go all right well i've never done this before so you can almost like prepare yourself for sounding bad right but because we will have a voice and because right. we can all do it when we try to then sing like you say alongside somebody that we admire and we uh -huh. imitate and then we go oh oh actually i can't hit that note we, we it's easy to then get in our own heads and go oh, i'm rubbish oh, i'm not gonna but everything you've just said is absolutely true that well of course you are because you've not practiced you've not right. done what that person on the record or live that you've just seen you haven't put in their time you haven't right. put in their effort but yeah. i love your message which is like don't worry about it you will figure that out you yeah. will get there at some point and i guess that's yeah. the joy of singing isn't it is mm -hmm. you haven't got to sound like you know your favorite singer you can no. just sound like you. Right. And, and you can be inspired by all these other people. And it's okay to take, totally okay to take that inspiration and inject it into your own voice and use it with the expectation that if you, if you stop at just trying to imitate, I mean, imitating can be a good starting point, right? Like, oh, he's, he's, you know, making this sort of inflection. What would that, what would that feel like if I did that? That's to me. That's that's not even necessarily imitation because you're not trying to parrot. You're trying to be okay. Well, what would that feel like if I did something like that? What would that sound like if I tried that? Um, I think that is incredibly valuable and and an incredible thing to to consider when you're experimenting with your own voice. Um, but 
if you if you pressure yourself and you put these these uh, sort of measurements on yourself, then you just start in this downward spiral of of uh, you know degrading yourself, like you were saying earlier, and that's that's not going to work. The best thing is to hold things loosely and and choose everything as an inspiration, whether you know whether it's someone else singing or even the sounds, the stupid sounds you make as you're experimenting can be inspirational for you. Yeah, that's so true, and that's that's a that's a lovely way to look at it, really, because yeah, like say you figure out what your limits are and where you're coming and where you're going from, and that that's absolutely fine. So um, when it comes to teaching, then. It's funny, actually, that the last guest I had on, which our subject was teaching. It's quite a broad topic, but it was really uh-huh. lovely. Um, I, I, w- I was thinking about this today because the guy I had on, you know, he deals with a physical classroom. And he sure. gets to see kids sort of grow up and take in what he's saying. And that's a really lovely part of the job. Uh-huh. With yours, as you pointed out, you've stepped into a sort of an unknown region with online mm-hmm. teaching a community. So how do you find that in terms of getting feedback? Do, do you sort of enjoy what you get off of your audience? Yeah. I, you know, I've done some things particularly recently uh, to connect myself with my student base more. And one of those things is I, I offer the opportunity for people to have a private lesson uh, as, as an option when they sign up for the course and uh, the other thing is I have started a, the Chris Lipe's My Musical Voice singing group. And those people who have enrolled in the course, uh, yourself included, uh, have received an invite to join this group. And what's been great, that's only been uh, officially open actually for the past three or four days now. And it's been amazing to see people post stuff hey you know i'm just starting the course here's a video of me i'll post one when i'm done and you can you know everybody can see and how how i've improved and here's the progress and but then also in the in the course themselves itself lots of people are always posting comments asking questions sending little snippets of audio recordings hey is this about right you know am i am i getting this and that's why that's one of the reasons I I structured the course the way I have. It's a 12-week journey that is open at various points throughout different seasons. Because I didn't just want it to be a uh, hey, here's a bunch of videos, and and I have no interaction or no pulse on what's actually working or not working. Uh, instead. I, I open enrollment. I invite uh, people who are interested, who have expressed interest in the course, to uh, to enroll, and then I close enrollment, and then work with students. It, it's almost like I've created. It's not quite the same as having you know a, a, a you know real classroom. Of course, it's not actually not even close. But by by bracketing enrollment periods, I'm able to work with groups of students. And not have, you know, just everybody at all different, you know, parts of the course all the time. And, you know, I'm able to get it a little bit more specific so that people feel a bit more connected to me as the instructor. And I feel a bit more connected to them. 
So between the enrollment periods, the, the comments and the samples that people send me, the Facebook group, and then also uh, I've started on YouTube. Um, this is something I'm doing. I'm trying it for this season. Every Friday I just get on live and say, hey, everybody, um, this Feedback Fridays. First five people to send me a 40-second clip, I'll just react to it here live on YouTube, give you a few tips. If you want more of this, click the link and, and sign up for the free course. And when enrollment opens, um, I'll invite you to the, to the full course. And so I, I've tried and, and will always be continuing to try to, you know, not shrink. I'll say shrink the community. That's not really what I'm trying to do. I, I hope the community continues to grow, but uh, sh shrink the barriers or, or get rid of the barriers that happens with online sorts of things. Um, I've even toyed with the idea of doing launching a, a different course that has uh and the the title that i'm that sort of has been swinging around in my head is sing with me where it's people who've gone through discover your voice and and understand the the concept of experiential and exploratory singing well then if you really want interactive and community driven lessons and interactions once a week, once a month, or whatever, you sign up for a slot, and 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 there I am with a a group of ten, fifteen, twenty singers on Zoom or on Google Meet or whatever it is, and we are using technology and connecting singers all over the world. So that's that's something that I I have been toying with too. Is how can I make things more interactive, more uh, fun, more experiential. I, you know, the other thing too, and this is this comes from many years of teaching guitar online. With teaching guitar, you know, very much so you are, you know, hey, put your hands here. Here's the tablature. Um, here's the amp model that you, or, you know, my amp settings or whatever. And here's the strum pattern. And there, you have the tools. But singing's just not that way. It's not, and, and you know, if, you, if you're in the course, you, you also, you, you know that the exercises that I use, it's really not like, you know, sing this scale or do this uh, specific exercise. It's more, well, there's exercises, but they're, they're, we unpack phrases and resonances and strange sounds and sensations as part of the discovery process. And that is... Very, very different than put your finger here and pick the note and it's going to make a sound. And that's why I've designed the, the you know, course offerings and suites that I, I have so far in this sort of interactive way. But I think that the inevitability of a, a weekly gathering of like-minded students where we are face-to-face -face with each other and and singing together and doing things together i i would love to launch something like that within the next year uh and and so i i'm in i'm in the exploratory stages of that and i will be sending out a series of emails you'll get one since you're in the course <laughs> yep. uh, uh but uh emails just asking you know what 
what do you guys need? What do you want? Where? How's your journey going? How, as your vocal coach, can I better serve you? And I think that this Sing With Me initiative may be, may be it'll evolve certainly, but maybe something that, that could really check a lot of boxes for people wanting, wanting to continue to sing uh, on their, and, and explore with their voices. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I just think it's incredible that you're somebody that obviously thinks quite carefully about how to use what you've got to the benefit of your students. And uh, yeah, I can attest with whether it's your videos, your courses, you're very quick to reply and, and make a point to listen to what people have to say. And I think that's really important because I've, I've done a few online courses now with different things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not accusing anyone of being, you know, negligent or anything. I think sometimes people set something up and they don't think they need to manage it or perhaps they just they maybe have too much on. But you're obviously somebody that sets aside time to reply and, and just sort of nurture what you have coming in. Sure. And what you just said a minute ago is so true. Like, yeah, you, you can learn a guitar. Guitar is a great example where if you fret the note, you know, whatever guitar you've got, it's going to make the same note. It's going to make the same as long thing. As you're in tune. A, vo yeah. a voice, is, <laughs> yeah. A voice is so unique that, uh -huh. as you say, you, you you can't really say, okay, hit this note, right? Because someone can hit it, but three different people can sound very different uh -huh. in the way they hit it, and different resonances and different, you know, keys or or whatever ranges. So I think it's incredible that you make a point to kind of differentiate your style in that sense and i'm guessing it must be really rewarding for you to see people post comments each week or say hey yeah thank you for your that i mm -hmm. i finally got over this or they send you a little 30 second clip to, mm -hmm. and you can sort of hear the progress as it goes right. along each week well and i think i think one thing that you know this certainly in this last year the explosion of online interaction uh for everybody right does is it it, it does it allows you know people like us to talk on different sides of the world and, and, you know, have a great conversation and, and get to know each other. But the other thing it does is it, it does put up walls, particularly when it comes to uh, the presentation of information and anonymity. And, you know, you, you get to reach a lot more people, but the, the quality of the interaction, you know, and th this is true regardless of, I suppose directly related to online things, but you know if I have two vocal students or ten vocal students that come to my house every week and we work through through stuff, those people are going to get a much richer experience than people buying a course that is from someone that they don't know that they've never been around, even though you know they've watched tons of videos by me. And, and, you know, are in the course and have done the exercises and have maybe even taken a private lesson with me, there's still a, there's, there's a disconnect that happens because you're, you're not in the same space, right? And, and that is a challenge I even, you know, with guitar lessons is the same thing. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm presenting to all these people, particularly on YouTube now, I'm presenting to, you know, thousands and thousands of people and, you know, thousands are watching the videos and, it is a, it's rewarding, it's wonderfully rewarding to, to get comments back like, oh, this helped me. I, I've been trying to do this for 15 years and 15 minutes of watching this video, I finally figured out what I was missing. You know, those kind of things 
I love it. I mean, it's why I do what I do, right? And I and I get those people on YouTube, and then of course, in, in you know, in the course, that it, it's it's the it's the the finishing of the sentences that I start on YouTube, right? Um, but it's it's something that I have to remind myself all the time. My job is to help people learn how to sing. It's not to create courses. <laughs> yeah. that, it's a it's a very I mean, it, the, the courses do help people how to sing. But if my goal is to uh, be one of these, you know, social media influencer kind of kind of people where you're, you're sort of uh, selling yourself um, as opposed to offering a service. To me especially with voice lessons you can't really you can't really do well you can do both but you can't do both that well like my goal and my perspective has to be i want everybody who joins my courses who watches youtube i care more about helping them learn how to sing than i do about whether they're entertained watching youtube or whether they have something to do on Friday night by engaging in my course. I want to help you learn how to sing. And that is really what has driven me and what continues to drive the creative thinking behind, you know, different ways of trying things. You know, are these are these group the sing with me is 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 that something to, to do? Is it is it smart to develop a team of vocal coaches that we can, you know, then speak to different voice types and different goals and different, you know, all these things are, are in my mind all the time, uh, robbing me of sleep <laughs> um, in terms of, you know, what's what's next? How do we continue to build upon the effectiveness of of voice education? That's really where I'm at now. Wow, that's quite a place to be. And I love that it's again, it, it seems that it's coming across from a place that is quite genuine as well. I think that's really nice because when you're getting into music, especially, I don't know if it's just especially in the guitar community, maybe I'm just more aware of it, but um, for the longest time, the almighty algorithm kept throwing ads at me for guitar companies, mm -hmm. teaching me online courses. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, the quickest thing that would put me off a course like that was when you can tell straight away how disingenuous it was. You know, uh, like, yeah. it was just the way someone would come across on, a, on an ad that you were like, oh, you're just trying to sell me this and you know it'd be like the five secrets to the blue solo and you're like are you just gonna teach me minor pentatonic yay well it's in the presentation of that too right and and i've had a lot of people um you know when, when i started doing what i was doing they would say things to me like don't make videos like that where you you promise something that you don't deliver and yeah. And um, and I think that was that was uh, some advice that I got early on with the YouTube content. Uh, don't say uh, uh, how to find your mixed voice, but then not show them how to find your mixed voice. And you know, we've all we've all seen those videos where it's like, you know, hey, just give me ten seconds or sixty seconds, and and I'll show you something that'll change your change your life. Yeah, <laughs> but but what they're actually showing you in sixty seconds is they're pointing you to the product they want you to purchase, 
so they are showing you what will change your life, but they're asking you to pay for it. They're not actually giving you any value for the time that you're spending to watch the video. And that, that was something that, you know, early on in, in the YouTube journey for me was uh, my job as a YouTube guy is to provide value. It is not to entertain. It is not to win you over. It is to give. It is to provide something that I find valuable and share it with you, period. Not sell you anything, not ask you to do anything. I, uh, certainly, if you want to go deeper with me, you can join my free course. But in that moment, in that video, I am not requiring anything of you but your attention and your sincerity. And if I have those things, I can give to you in that moment. And I think that that, that way of thinking about YouTube um, has really, it's really, it's, it's been a, a very rewarding and fun thing to see people's reaction. Oh, what? This guy isn't selling me anything. Uh, he's, he's actually teaching me how to do something and I didn't have to pay anything. What? And what, what has happened? And it's, it, it squares with a lot of the, you know, universal laws that I think some of us experience, right? You know, when you give, things are given back to you. I've had so many people enroll in the course and say something to the effect of, you know, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot out of this course, but I almost don't care if I even if I even get a, anything out of the course, because I've already gotten so much out of what I've um, gotten from you already. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've been following your YouTube for a while and I, I just, I wanted to support you. And it's a, it's a leap, you know, whenever you're in a, in a business like this, where you're giving away content, you have to trust that, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to put that value out there. And then, uh, I just have to trust that it, that that that's going to come back to me in a in a positive way, uh, and and it has, but it's it's one of those things that if you and and you you make the parallel directly back to singing, um, if you are afraid to put yourself out there, then you're never going to be out there, and then those things aren't going to come back, and and you've robbed yourself of the opportunity to to discover a a a. Uh, a life lesson <laughs> um, if you let fear take control of you, you know? So I, I it's, it's been a very educational thing for me to see how this has all worked. And it's only, I mean, it's so new. It, it's only been a year and a half of, of being, uh, not of being a vocal coach, but of being an online vocal coach. Yeah, it's funny because you say that and I, I was going back to your channel today and that, yeah, I realized that because it felt like you've been around for a lot longer. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's pretty new on the scene. But everything you've just said, I think, is spot on. I think, like, for me personally, that was the reason why I was drawn to your work and wanted to learn more was because it was like, oh, this guy's actually teaching something that's useful. You know, it's a 10 minute video or 20 minute video that has actual analysis and stuff that is, like you said, in all sincerity, you could just watch the videos and get what you need to get from it. And, and that's fine. You don't need to go any further. But then obviously, like you said, from my perspective, it was like that. It was like, well, I want to see what else this guy has to offer. And right. yeah, I want to give him some support because 
he's doing something which is quite genuine and and i think long term that is such that's such a good view to have you know it's very easy to try and cash in and like you said have the flashy banners and and you know buy this buy this and you know our promises promises but i think long term if you're genuine from the start and you show people look here's something that's useful if you want to know more come with me if you don't that's fine mm-hmm. people will eventually be drawn to that and like some of my favorite teachers in, in guitar on youtube are the same mm-hmm. where they offer great content and they're like here's my patreon if you want it yeah you know but yeah. the actual lesson is still there the actual yeah. The stuff you can take away is still there, right? And that's brilliant. And and coming back to what you're saying just a minute ago, yeah, on singing, you're right. It does nicely parallel that whole journey, which is yeah, you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to learn, um, and you've just got to be afraid to take risks. And so to that end, I'd love to know what's probably your single greatest piece of advice you could give to anyone who's starting out with singing in their in their journey. What's the one piece of advice you would say this is the most important thing you can take into consideration? Well, if we hadn't already talked about the dorm room scenario, right, uh, I, I, would, I would point people to that and I would tell that story. Uh, it's the, the single most important thing that you can do is forget about trying to sound good and embrace the idea of uh, exploring and feeling out your voice, throwing off the, the preconceptions or, or the... Uh, thoughts of I have to perform this or be this or sound like this and just be open to being uh, you and and being being open to discovering what you is <laughs> that's right that's the right yeah. grammar right what you are but no what you is in that particular context yeah um, <laughs> but so so we've talked about that um, but if I was going to say something other than that as far as the the advice that I would give someone who has sung a little bit and wants to wants to truly discover what their voice can do, it is, and it feeds into what I just said, but continually practice non-judgment. Okay. Do not judge yourself the way you sound the way you look, the way you project. Instead, experience the way you sound, the way you look, the way you project. And this, of course, could be said of anything in your life. But as soon as you attach this is good or this is bad to something, you rob yourself of being able to experience it for what it is because it's received a label of good or bad, black or white. But when, particularly with your voice, you are, you are instead of good and bad, and oh, that sounded, ugh, you, are, you are embracing the idea of it is what it is and also can be what it's going to be as I continue to embrace what it is and explore what it is. I, and that sounds so, it sounds so froofy and, and weird, <laughs> but, but it really is this idea of, I, I, I suppose I'm, I'm taking a long way to say, always keep your mind, your ears, and your bodily tissues open and ready to receive what comes to you as you experiment. That is... 
that is the best advice that I could give you. And and in the in the courses in particular, I am always inviting people to be intensely introspective, to take inventory, to write things down, to do this particular uh, phrase or exercise or, or ear training exercise and really think about the impact that it can have if you partake and interact with it. Um, you have to be willing to interact with yourself in an intimate way in order to sing well. The best singers are very self-aware. They're very introspective. They're very, and at the same time, very open-minded. Uh, and, and so those life qualities, those generic qualities, being able to um, turn those towards the focus of learning about your voice and experiencing your singing, it's the key. Every, every exercise, every course you take, every voice lesson you have has to be done with that lens and with that perspective. And then you will be, uh, you'll be a forever student of your own voice, which is exactly where you want to be. Yeah. I mean, that, what you've said there is incredible. And that's something that, I, yeah, I can say from experience doing one of your courses, I was really surprised at how much... Um, you, you got to, you get to write down and you and you sort of stop and go okay how does that feel mm -hmm. and that's something I wasn't expecting mm -hmm. because I think like you say we're we're so used to thinking well does that matter surely it's just about what what sounds come out but you're right it's a lot of how you get those sounds is through feeling what mm -hmm. part of your body is is at work it has to be the the, the voice is in your body I mean it's <laughs> exactly exactly and it, it that for me was a light bulb moment yeah. when I when I was realizing that I was like oh. Actually, now that you mention it, when I try and do this, my neck tenses up. That's right. weird. I should, and if I do this, oh, this part of my body, my diaphragm, or you know, my stomach, and all this should be engaged, not my neck and not my shoulder mm -hmm. or something. And it's, yeah. it's stuff like that that, like you said, it, I think that's incredible, and that's absolutely the best way to look at it. And yeah, that as far as I'm, I'm a big believer when it comes to music that it, it's unique to every individual. But as you say, having being being introspective. Mm -hmm. it's something you have to be hugely aware of right um yeah it's it's a brilliant bit of advice and my, my hope is that whoever's listening to this if there's someone who's a bit nervous around their voice that they're listening to this and a they go and check out your stuff because it is well worth checking out I'm, I'm not just saying that but b that they take on board what you've just said mm -hmm. and they sort of throw caution to the wind and just think okay i'm not going to worry about what it sounds like let's just go with the experience so Am I right in thinking then that's something that as time's gone on, as you've been teaching more and more, is that is that something that you love about singing is the fact that it, it's so much more than just making a noise. It's kind of making you more aware of yourself and what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think that singing. There's so many there's so many metaphors to life in singing. And it's interesting. I was I was actually talking with a student of mine. Uh, back and forth, and she asked the question. We, uh, we we got on the subject of anxiety because she was talking about performance anxiety, and um, how you know she feels like she can do things well when she's by herself, even if you know her cat or her roommate are listening. Uh, she's okay with that, but when it comes to performing, 
uh, she gets she gets anxious. And we were we were t- talking back and forth about that, and and I had some uh, some things to share with her about how to overcome performance anxiety, and I, I talk about that some in the course and, and a little bit in YouTube videos as well. Um, and I ended up parlaying some of the information that I talked about with her into uh, some workshops that I offered this last fall, um, where you know people could actually uh, sit in and hear me talk about experiences of overcoming performance anxiety or dialing in your sound live versus in the studio, you know, those sorts of things. But we our, our conversation went in a direction that I hadn't really thought about uh, going. I didn't think it would necessarily go there, which was she, she asked me, so are you not anxious when you sing? And ever? And and I got to thinking about it, and, and no, anymore, it doesn't matter who my audience is, whether I'm performing for 300 people on a live stream on YouTube, or whether I'm doing a karaoke night for 50 people at a birthday party, or whether I'm singing in a in a restaurant, or or whatever, I am, I am not, uh, I don't get anxious about it. In fact, singing might be when I'm really in the zone and making a great recording or, you know, got my mic and the effects and my headphones on and, and it is the maybe the one place in life where I am not I can I can truly say I'm not anxious at all. Because I feel I get to feel my voice and hear my voice and create with my voice. And and I feel that way about songs that I record. And I feel that way when I'm when I'm teaching people how to sing too, and when I'm doing voiceover work, when I, there's, there's this, it is such a privilege to be able to feel the, the music being created with my body and, and love the sound, love my, I love my voice. I love what my voice does. I love what I can do with it. I love, um, listening to recordings of my voice and songs that I've done, and uh, and I love sharing those with people, and there's no anxiety in it at all. I mean, and I would, there's nothing else in life that I could say that about. Um, I, there's, certainly there's there's work anxiety, right, and, and my, I, my voice is my work, and so there's, there's a little, you know, but when it, come, when it comes to just singing, nothing, it, or, or, well, nothing and everything, right, like no anxiety, and and the joy of the experience and that's that's what i hope that i can you know it just it breaks my heart a, a little bit when i hear people say oh, i hate the sound of my voice like oh mm. oh you're just let me help you <laughs> you know i <laughs> yeah. want you i want you to love the sound of your voice let me let me help you discover how you can love your voice um and you know it's interesting as we've been talking yeah we've talked a lot about singing but we've been talking a lot about teaching and and that, I'm not sure which I enjoy more. Um, I think that the teaching and the interaction that I get with people, and, and I talked about my kids at the very beginning of the podcast. Um, it certainly, you know, my kids live in the same house, and so I can have that direct interaction. But I, I love being able to combine the two things that I am passionate about the most, music and teaching other people in in singing in particular in this season of life uh it's it's i've never you know you, you couldn't have have uh told me you know 20 years ago that 
this is what I'm going to be doing for, for a job. So, you know, thank you, everybody, uh, for your support <laughs> and, 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 uh, and granting me the privilege of, of singing and teaching and doing it gainfully. Um, in incredible. Yeah, I think it's well earned. And yeah, I, I love what you just said a minute ago there about not feeling anxiety and, because I think that's like the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. for a lot of us myself included like i'm still learning how to do a lot of this mm -hmm. and even as i'm going and i'm picking up okay this is these keys these things i you know i can do i think a lot of us can relate to when you're in the car singing along and you're like yeah i'm keeping up with this to the verses you're in a room and you're with people yeah and you're absolutely right there's we can sometimes get in our own heads too much mm -hmm. about it whereas what you just said a second ago about being in the zone and just like just feel yeah feel the music feel the moment and it all goes out the window it washes away and i think a lot of us you know who've been to many a show like for me when i go to a gig that's the one thing that stands out is when i'm just watching the performer and you can just see that they're in their own space yeah exactly it's like it's like there's no one there yeah they are just fully embraced in the moment yet it, it, it's it's like no one's there in some respects yet they are sharing that moment with everybody else. It's this, oh, it's yeah. this weird duality, right? You can mm. be in your own zone, and that own zone can include the people around you. But it's not a, it's not a, a begging for approval or a, a seeking validation in any way. It's here's what I'm experiencing with, my, with this music, and I'm going to share that experience with the crowd or the YouTube viewers or whatever it's the best music is, is a mutual shared experience. And, but you can't do that if you're anxious because you don't want to share anxiety with people. You want to share, no. <laughs> you want to share, um, the, the experience of, of this melody or the experience of this, of this music, um, this groove, whatever it is, you, you want to invite people into that. That's where music is the most powerful. But you, it's like oil and water. Like if you if you are uncomfortable while you're making music, um, you can't that that can't exist. And people can see that you know nobody wants people can identify it instantly. If someone comes up on stage and is nervous, they they do not have a connection with the audience. Period. Mm. Yeah, it's. I tell you what, the, the strangest example I've ever seen of that, and I, I actually think it's kind of a beautiful story about music, was there was a small band going around, uh, based from the town I came from, Bristol, called Lonely the Brie. Mm -hmm. Now they since had a singer change up, but the first time I ever saw them, um, their front singer, I don't know if he suffered with some sort of anxiety or something, but he didn't face the crowd. He sort of just stood to the side. Mm -hmm. And I've ne I'd never seen anything like it. Interesting. And it, it, yeah, and it did put the audience off. But I will say when he opened his voice up, it was stunning. The mm. guy's range was incredible. And I remember thinking, I hope he gets over that. Cause that was the one thing that kind of put everyone off a little bit in the audience. Right. But then the next, but the next time I saw him facing the audience, uh -huh. still quite, you know, like ripping his shirt a lot and, but I thought, okay, that's progress. And then the next time I saw him again, open eyes, smiling, looking at everybody. And I just thought, there, there, mm. you found it. You found the zone. You found that moment. Yeah. And the cr and the crowd was really warming to it. And I just thought, that's incredible. That that's to me is like the power of music. Yeah, that's but awesome. If you yeah, if you figure that out, you get your voice and 
and it and it can just make such an incredible impact on people and I, and what you've been saying what you do really is helping people to see that you know anyone can reach that uh-huh. anyone can have that moment yeah i think that's so incredible and making music making singing in particular so universal the way that you have i think is such a great message to put out to people that yeah you don't have to be the next i'm just trying to think like freddie mercury for example or yeah, something you're never gonna be yeah it's <laughs> well exactly exactly you're gonna be you. you can be you yeah 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 i think yeah. that's that's a really wholesome and, and brilliant message to put out to the audience so I'd, I'd love to know i mean what else have you got coming up then is sort of in the pipeline i know you're working on different things but what, what can we expect from you in the near future is anything that you want to sort of share with the audience listening well you know sing with me i think is something that i'm going to continue to be exploring uh, and uh the idea of of bringing more people into the fold of the you know experiential singing experiential vocal and and i think i think uh, students certainly but i think uh finding other like-minded vocalists that that can can teach and relate to students as well i just think that that the the type of singing and this type of approach you know my voice and my style isn't going to uh speak to the you know pop female artist even though the the concepts and the the way of teaching will and and so you know it's 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 like you know people discover have discovered me from you know Chris Cornell, or how to how to scream without hurting your voice, or how to sing like Tom York, or whatever. Um, but if you're not into that, those those people, um, it's you may not ever have the opportunity to learn what it means to experience your voice. And so it's fuzzy for me right now, but I'd love to be able to get a develop a team of of amazing vocal coaches and singers and enlighten them in the the approach of experiential singing and experiential vocal coaching and and uh just keep going uh keep keep having everybody as many people as possible unlock their their singing um so that's the one thing and then I always, uh, you know, have in the back of my mind, you know, I, I, I'm going to be doing more cover songs, putting those on YouTube just to just to sing. Right. I mean, it's just just to 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 enjoy the process of making music. Um, I am always talking with various musicians about, yeah, we should, we should do an original EP. Uh, it's tough to it's tough to devote the time to that, at least nowadays with, the, uh, you know, the vocal vocal coaching and the family and and other other commitments but i'd love to do more of that um yeah that's uh that's what i hope is next <laughs> i i think that would be incredible like you said just to open things up a bit more for yourself and for other people and mm-hmm. and an original ep i would very much look forward to hearing from you um i just wanted to say actually on the vocal covers in particular, I really enjoyed your one of Metalingus by Alter Bridge. That is my oh. all-time favorite band. Oh, thank you. So when you put uh, when you put that up, I was like, oh, okay, he's going to try and take on Miles's 
range, but I was really impressed with what you did with that. Oh, I thought that's you. an excellent example of taking that and adding your own spin on it, and it just fit perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show, and um, this was great. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Just for anyone who perhaps who hasn't heard of you, where can they find you, Chris? Where, where's the best place to reach you? Uh, you can go to my website, chrislipe.com, C-H-R-I-S-L-I-E-P-E. Uh, you can go to my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash chrislipe, C-H-R-I-S-L-I-E-P-E. Uh, and, and there's the, you know, I'm, I'm on Instagram too. Uh, but th those two uh, are the gateways to get in contact with me to see, you know, check out my, my YouTube stuff, see what I do. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time, Chris. And there we have it. Thank you once again to Chris for coming on to the show and giving me some of your time to talk about really something that is clearly passionate to you and that you are sharing with other people. It's absolutely incredible. It's what we love to see here at Fundamentals. So thank you. And if you listening are interested in what Chris has to offer, definitely go and check out his YouTube channel, his courses, the website. I've linked all of it down below. It's well worth checking out. As you could hear from the conversation, you know, he's someone that really does care and really wants to offer people a chance to explore their voice and be creative and have fun with it. And that's really, I think, what music is all about. And hopefully, you know, we can all embrace that in one form or another. In podcasting news, we've had a brand new update to our logo thanks to a wonderful design by Alex Jenkins. Thank you so much, Alex, for designing this logo. I couldn't be happier with the end result. He came highly recommended to me by Sarah Buttery, previous guest on this show, for the work that she commissioned him to do on the Let's Draws for a Minute logo. If you're interested in graphic design or logos, definitely reach out to Alex. I've put all of his details in the show notes of this podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast, then please do give me a follow on the social medias, both Instagram and Twitter are at FundamentalsPod and come and say hi. I will acknowledge anything you send my way. And if you want to go one step further and leave a nice review, preferably five stars, on your chosen app of choice, that would be amazing. Definitely tell me because you will get a shout out on the show. That's enough from me. I'll be back again soon with another guest on a completely different topic. So until then, stay tuned and stay safe.